Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you on in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you on in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are you are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you walking daily with the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you pleased each moment in the crucified? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood of the Savior forever, he sought me and bought 
with his redeeming blood. He loved me, yeah, I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Oh, victory again. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He bought me and sought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me, yeah, I knew him, and all my love is to him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Upon Jesus. 
of the living God this morning. Nice weather. Great times we're having right now. Enjoy those. Now this morning, I'm going to be reading from the King James Version of the Bible because this is the translation of the text that most of you are probably the most familiar with. In fact, a lot of the scriptures that we come to know and memorize are things that we've heard over and over again. But here's what I've, I've noticed I've noticed that once you have something in your spirit, then once you find that same verse in a new translation of the Bible that you might have bought, then all of a sudden you find that verse, it's not like it has the same impact on your life as it did when you first read it from this 1611 version of the King James Version. But I'm not like one of these pastors who say that the King James Version is the only Bible, because it's not. There's a lot of good translations of Bibles out there to study from. But unfortunately, there are a few out there not too, too good at all. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. And you will be very familiar with this text, and I hope that it blesses your soul today. Once you find your place, as always, we ask you to stand for the reading of God's Holy Scriptures. If you got your place, say amen. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let us pray. Holy Father, we thank you for that familiar text. I don't think there's a soul in this room today that hasn't heard that and hasn't fell in love with it. But Lord, it's awesome when you bring us to a place that we know so familiar because it's like coming home, Lord. And we just thank you for this this morning. We ask that you would use this man of God and speak through these lips of clay the oracles that you've laid on his mind and heart. Lord, if there's anything on here that's not of you, we pray that, pray that you'll help us get past that quickly and get to what is of you. Lord, we love you this morning. We praise you and we expect you to do mighty and great things. In the Christ's name we pray. And God's people said amen and amen. Now we'll start out, first of all, God, by giving a little testimony. And glory be to God because this testimony is so awesome. But, but as you know, last week I was not too happy about this little love letter that I got in the mail. But it wasn't really a love letter. It was a letter that someone had come against me very harshly and said that I was uh, basically a heretic. I was a heres- a weird heresy at this church, and, and I was of the devil because I sang in a Christian rock band. Now, that hit hard as I was driving home and thinking about that. You know, I tried to keep my smile on my face. But, but I am a man. But, but let me tell you what happened. This is where it gets good. I, I had the munchies when I got home. We hadn't figured what we were going to have for lunch. So I'm going into my pantry, and I'm going to get me some almonds and a cheese stick out of the icebox. But, I mean, as soon as I came out of my pantry, I heard the still, small voice of God speak to me so clearly, like I don't believe I've ever heard so clearly in my life. But I heard God say to me, Son, I got this. And I said, "Woo!" I said, baby, I heard the Lord say he got this. But before he had said this, I had posted a little deal on Facebook. I said, we need prayer, you know, for this individual, for myself, because I have been persecuted for being a rock singer, basically, in a Christian rock band. But here's where it gets good. Because this little post that, that I had posted, it began to blow up. And I mean, I put it on my stained red posts on page, and I put it on all the metal pages, which you're not supposed to. You're supposed to put music on there, but I posted it. And man, we got over 148 views on the metal page alone, and we got, let me see, we got 84 views on my page, on the stained red page. We got 40 new friends all over the world, and that means all these people are now tuning into our, our music on our web page and listening to our songs, buying our albums, it's just like it just blew up. And, and what I'm saying is what the devil meant for harm, God has used it for his glory and for my goodness. So I say to you, it doesn't matter what the devil does to you, what he, how he, whatever he comes against you, however it may be. Remember, God can take that, whatever it is, and use it for his glory and for your victories in Christ. Come on, amen. And so it don't matter what it is, he can use it. And so we have to learn today that we're going to have to trust God even through the storms for real. Come on, amen. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path or direct your steps come on amen and I'm reminded of the verse of Isaiah says that those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. But let me go ahead and read our text again because I know I got you off track, but I just want to share a little testimony. But remember our text says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so today we see in our text that Jesus begins these three beautiful verses with a simple invitation. An invitation to come unto him. I was thinking about what an invitation was all about. An invitation is usually a request from a loved one or a friend or someone who you care about or they care about you and they invite you to some special event in life. Come on, amen, like a marriage or whatever it may be, a wedding or I don't know, whatever he's inviting you, you know, it's, it's a good thing. But you see here, he's not just talking about a few people here, but you got to notice the, the word all. And I know he's speaking to everyone because there's not a soul in this room or in this world that is not under some heaviness that this world has placed upon your shoulders. I don't know about you, but I have been tired lately. Come on, amen. And I don't know what exactly what it is. It's just like the attacks of the enemy is upon us like never before in our generation. The people are going crazy. The world's going crazy. I'm, I'm so ready for the president thing to be done with so we can move on. And, and this COVID thing that just moves on, just get past it all. But Jesus said, he who comes to me will find that the yoke is easy and the burden is light. And we know he's speaking to all as well. Because the Bible tells us that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He knows we're up under a heavy yoke because we have an enemy who has one purpose. And that is to steal, kill, and destroy. The moment his feet hits the floor, he has the purpose to bring you misery. To bring you suffering, to be, to bring you pain, to cause you torment. No matter what you do in life, he's going to be there to trouble you. But Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Everybody say life. And that more abundantly. And that is what the invitation is asking us to come join him in. Life. And that more abundantly. It doesn't matter what storms we're in. We still can have life and have that more abundantly. And we, we can prove all this, but let me go ahead and give you the title of our, our, our sermon today. The sermon's called, Come Unto Jesus. If you would, turn to your neighbor this morning. Say, neighbor, I know you got your invitation. But are you going to come unto Jesus and find rest for your souls? Amen. One of my, my favorite parables of Jesus is when he tells us the parable about the little sheep, the one that wandered off from the hundred. And Jesus said, you know, what do you think? 
He said, if a man owned a hundred sheep and one of them wandered off, would he not leave the 99 on the hill to go look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds, I tell you the truth, he is more happy over the one sheep than over the 99 who did not wander off. And he said, in the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. This shows you the heart and the compassion of the God we serve. He'll leave us all to go find that, that one. And, and this, is, this is the same attitude you and I should have. We should be concerned about that one. We may all come in here next Saturday night and get our rock on, but there may be just one in here that needs to hear the gospel of Christ. And if you know me, you know that I'm going to say something to come, to come unto Christ. To get saved. It doesn't matter if it's a a rock show or what it is. If we have the opportunity to share it, let's share it. Because we want them to have a yoke that's easy in their life uh, uh, without burdens. They want to have abundant life like we have. But I'm not talking about how we escape from the works of the enemy because he's always working. But I am saying that while we're going through it, we can rest. And we can trust and we can hope God and believe in God for the good results. And I know some of you have been, been pressed down over and over this, this past month, the month before that, because th- this COVID thing has gotten completely so out of control to me. I, I feel like if I put this mask on one more time, I'm just going to scream. I mean, the other day we went to Walmart, and I said, I ain't wearing it. Just throw me to the mask police. What are they going to do, arrest me? Maybe. But I wasn't going to wear it. Chris said, put it on. They're going to get it. No, I had it in my pocket. Just in case they did come. Okay. You know. but, but here's something that God laid on my heart. I, I think it was God. Maybe it was me. Sometimes you hear something, you think maybe it's God, or you think, I don't know if it's me or God. But can I just share what I heard? I feel like I heard the Lord say to me, Until these people take off their mask of hypocrisy, I will continue to make them to wear a physical mask of affliction. In other words, if we'll humble ourselves before God and pray and seek his face, I feel that God will heal our land. Because his word tells us in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people, not, not the world, I'm talking about God's people. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal the land and forgive their sins. And so until we get to the place where we're sick of wearing this mask, maybe we'll just say, you know what? If I'll just humble myself and say, God, I'm taking off my mask of hypocrisy, my mask of playing church, my mask of playing Christian, my mask of playing that I love somebody when I don't love them. Come on, amen. My mask of playing. Come on. Making up stuff as I go in order to make other people feel good. Does that make sense? Because we, we get caught in that trap of being men pleasers. Sometimes they just need to hear the truth. Because the truth will set them free every time. Now Jesus says, come unto me all you that labor. Now, we all know about labor because we all have labored in our life. There's all types of labor. There's our jobs, 
or keeping her house in order or children's needs, preparing meals, cleaning her homes, and mowing the lawn. And, and I can't imagine how it feels to take care of this place. I think about Buddy and all the years he did that and Sammy as they do it. They do a lot of work up here, and it must be exhausting. And they're laboring up here trying to get things to look in order for God. But we never considered the work that they put in here because it's already done when we get here. We just walk in like, oh, yeah, we take it for granted. But, but somebody had to labor to make things look nice out here for us. But God does not take those things lightly. He's pleased when we do, do those type of work. But, but he's not really talking about this type of labor. The labor that Christ is talking about in our text is the labor of trying to please God with our good works. And I know I'm right because I fall in that category many times. I'm going to try to please God by what I do instead of what I believe. Am I alone here? I do it all the time. I find myself trying to accomplish something just to put a smile on his face when when at the cross, the last words of Christ was, it is finished. What is finished? Everything that had to be done in order for us to be saved. So so you and I could not stand before God and say, "I, I did something. No, no. I did it all. I finished it. And all we have to do is put our faith in what he accomplished. And so by putting our faith, the yoke becomes light. The burden becomes easy because we're not trying to please God by our good works. Paul says in Galatians 3 and 3, he said, are you so foolish at the beginning with the spirit? Are you now trying to attain your goal by what? Human effort. And if we're not careful, we could easily find ourselves walking in something called legalism. Putting ourselves right up under the law when we should be walking under the grace of God. Come on, amen. Even the disciples were concerned about their works. And this is going to give you some peace this morning. They came to Jesus and they asked him point blank this question in John 6, 28 and 29. And please listen. They asked Jesus... What must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered, the work of God is this. Oh, amen. To believe in the one he has sent. That's the lightest job I ever had. You mean all I have to do is believe? Trust God. Now, when he says believe, he's not just meaning just believe because we know the devil believes. But when he says believe here, he's talking about put all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. Trust him to believe in him, to believe in the finished works accomplished at Calvary. And so in a nutshell, our, our primary job is just to believe. Our foundation is just trusting through faith. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, without Faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so just by believing in Jesus today, you begin to enter into his rest, into a yoke that's easy and a burden that is light. But it does not stop the the pursuing force of the dark world of the devil. Paul said, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities. 
powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. He has, he has rolled out for us that, that there is a spiritual warfare taking place in our life. Everywhere you go, you, you just don't see what's taking place, but there is an enemy who has his bow drawn with an arrow that's ready to pierce your soul with pain. You've been having the best day of your life, and all of a sudden it just comes out of nowhere. Ooh, I can't believe that happened. Now, your, your day goes from here to here in an instant. And all of a sudden you begin to worry. You begin to stress. Anxiety rises up, and all of a sudden that peace that passes all understanding is gone because now the devil has came and he's done put a yoke on your neck that you can hardly bear. What happened to my beautiful day? The devil happened. Come on, amen. And so we have to continue to remember the word of God even when the, the effects of the enemy is on top of us. we got to press forward. Peter says, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Stand firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of what? Sufferings. What is Peter saying? He's saying you're not alone in this thing called life. You, you think that you're the only one that is being attacked, persecuted, and hated on? No. If you bear the name of Jesus, I can promise you the devil hates your everlasting guts. Come on, and I mean he cannot stand you. Because why? He comes what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. If you have happiness, he wants to destroy it. If you have life, he wants to take it. If you have joy, he wants to destroy it. Anything that you have, he wants to take from you. And when he sees you trying to walk under the yoke of Christ... He wants to, to, to try to bring things into your path that will get your mind off of his peace and his love upon your affliction. And the moment he does that, we begin to fall away from what belongs to us. Because the devil knows how to work the mind. I think Paul said, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and prove what God's will is, his good and pleasing and his perfect will. We have to spend our time in the Word of God on a daily basis because what I give you on Sunday will not last you till next Sunday. It will not. You have enough for what I give you today to last you until tomorrow. That's about it. And tomorrow morning is a brand new battle, a brand new world. And I'm not there with you. But I can get you fired up. I can get you primed up. But I can promise you the moment that your feet hit the floor, you're going to forget the majority of what I've told you here today. Come on, amen. And if you don't get in that word and get in the prayer and get yourself prepared, he's coming. And he's not coming lightly. He's coming with all the forces of hell that he can against you. Because he does not want to see you smile. He does not want to see you walking with a light yoke. He does not want to see you with a life without burden. So he turns up the heat. He turns it up so you and I will be miserable. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3, remember this. The Bible said, but the Lord is faithful. 
He will strengthen and protect you from who? From the evil one. He's there. He said, I'll never leave you, nor will I forsake you. And so just ask yourself this question this morning. Let me make sure I'm up under the yoke. And the only way I'm going to know is to ask myself this question. Do I believe, first of all, in the virgin birth? Do I believe in the life of Jesus? But then do I believe in the death of Christ on the cross? But then do I believe in the most important thing? Do I believe in the resurrection? Because without without all, all four of these things... You're not going to be able to take this yoke upon you because you do not belong to him. This this belongs to the children of God. This belongs to everybody in the world, but only a few will accept it. The Bible says, enter ye in at the straight gate, Jesus. Enter ye in in the straight gate. Enter ye in in, into, not the broad road that leads to destruction, but enter ye in the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. But straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and only few there be that find it. He says it's a, it's a narrow way to me. Very narrow is called faith. If you can just put your little faith, I've given you the measure of faith. I've given every man a measure of faith. If you'll take what I've already given you and you apply that principle, of believing and trusting in me, you can find yourself sliding up under the yoke with Christ. The text says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy labor, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. You got to think about what a yoke is. A yoke is something that they use to plow fields. It's a laboring thing. Come on, Amen. And they didn't, they didn't plow fields usually with just one ox. They would always take two. Can I get an amen? But let me break it down to you. When you decide in your heart that I'm tired of the devil's mess and I'm going to yoke myself up with Jesus, what you're saying is once I put his yoke on my shoulder, that means I'm going to have to surrender my life unto him. In other words, where he goes, I will what? Follow. Because I don't want to find myself fighting against the will of God. Because when you yoke up with Christ, he will take you into the valley of the shadow of death. But while he takes you through there, you will have peace that passes on understanding. Because he will lead his sheep to greener pastures and still waters. Can I get an amen? So we take the yoke of Christ and we surrender our life We crucify our old lives. We die to the old self and we give our lives unto God and we follow and we stay in step with the Spirit of God. You remember when Christ came down to that Damascus road and he asked Saul of Tarsus, why do you kick against the pricks? In other words, why are you fighting against me? Why are you going against the grain Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Come on, amen. So the apostle Paul, he was under a legalism system and he was trying to please God by his works. But Christ came down to take that yoke off of him and said, listen, you're going against what I have come to save. So you and I, we have to, with the same principle, we have to become blind in order to 
see. God blinded Paul for three days in order for him to see. Sometimes we have to close our eyes to the things that are misleading us away from God. And open our eyes, our, our heart's eyes to the things he's trying to teach us. Because even though the yoke belongs to us, we're having trouble finding it. So Paul tells us in Galatians 5, 24 and 25. He said, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful nature with his passions and desires. He says, since we live by the Spirit, let us what? Stay in step with the Spirit. A lot of times Christ will take you and stop. But we want to continue going forward. But a lot of times we we get ahead of God because when he says for us to stop, we should stop and be still and know that he is what? God. Not not everything's about moving. Sometimes it's, it's the valley of just being in peace, just standing there and being in his presence. Enjoy his peace. A lot of times we can't enjoy Christ because we get so busy in our little world, we just forget to go there and just rest. I like, I like John. John would lay his head on the breast of the Savior and just rest his head upon his chest. He understood. Even Christ himself would go into the back of the ship and sleep and rest. Because you can't continue to labor and labor and, and find peace in your soul. You got to take time to just chill. <laughs> it's chill in the Bible, I'm not sure, but chill upon me. Come on, amen. I mean, sometimes we just need to lay it down. So Jesus tells his disciple, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself and take up their cross and what? And follow me. John 10 and 27, Jesus said, my sheep, they listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. What is he talking about? He's saying, they go where I go. They move when I move. They live when I live. They die when I die. We follow the pattern of Christ in everything we do in order to walk in that yoke that's easy and the burden that's light. And the only way that we know that we be in the perfect will of God is what Jesus tells us here in our text. Three words. Learn of me. Learn of me. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, we've got to learn about Christ. The more we can learn about Jesus, the more rest we can find. When you look at Jesus, you see a picture of what love is. I, I wonder if we go to Webster and look up the word love, we'd find a picture of Jesus there. Because everything it says about love describes him to a T. Even Paul tells us that, that love is patient. Well, I'm glad he's patient. Hallelujah. And, and love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It's not proud, it's not rude, it's not self-seeking, it's not easily angered. Woo, help me, Lord. It keeps no record of wrongs. Help us all, Lord. Because we all want to keep a record of wrongs. In fact, I even started a message out about how someone wronged me. Uh-oh. 
We all sin. See how quick we fall into that trap? Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. And love never fails. And so in order to put on the yoke of Christ, you begin to study the word of love. Am I loving? Because if I'm not loving, then I'm going against God. I'm pulling against that yoke. Can y'all see the picture in your mind? So if I'm loving like Christ is loving, I'm, love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, it's not proud, it's not rude, it's not easily angered. And if, I, if I'm walking in love, that means I'm walking in step. But if I'm walking against love, I'm hating I'm irritated, I'm rude, come on, then I'm going against what? The yoke. So here Christ is trying to plow a field of love, and we're plowing the field of hatefulness and ungodliness and worldliness and lust and all the things that go with it. So what happens? We pull ourselves out from under what belongs to us. It's that easy. But if we're walking in love, we're right there with him. Yes, yes. But then we find description of Christ that, that Jesus is truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. My dad said the truth is the same way you tell it every time. It doesn't change. <laughs> That's true, though, isn't it? And I know we struggle with the truth. I struggle with telling the truth a lot of times because when I want to tell the truth, I think for some reason, if I could add a little bit to it, the story gets even better. Come on. So you tell the story. There's flames. There was no flames. Come on, amen. You, you tell the story that there was a dragon. There was no dragon. But you're adding these things because now you're, you're in the moment. You're telling, oh, yeah, I got them now. And you're telling the story, and all of a sudden you start adding to it, and then all of a sudden when we start adding to it, it becomes a lie. And all of a sudden we're pulling ourselves out from under the truth. And as long as we're walking in truth and in love, we're walking with Christ. But when we start lying and hating, we're out from under the yoke that's easy and the burden is light. Are y'all with me this morning? Good stuff. John 4, 24. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. I like this part. It's, it's going to throw you off a little bit. James 1.18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. God said this to me this morning. He said, if you were born in truth, then why aren't you walking in truth? In other words... If you started in truth, stay on the path of truth. Don't, don't veer to the left or to the right. Just stay on the truth path. Because it's the truth path that puts you in my peace every time. And so in these two things, Jesus is telling us love and truth. Our yoke becomes easier. Our yoke becomes lighter because we're not walking in hatefulness or darkness, but in love and truth. Our text says, you shall find rest for your souls. Here's where I want to close. We all know what it is to be physically tired, right? 
But I'm going to give you some prescriptions. Prescriptions. A precept. Everybody say precept. Precept is, is what the Bible is filled with things called precept. Precept is the same thing that the doctor writes for you called a prescription. Okay, how, how does a prescription work? If it says take three, three pills twice a day, how many do you take? Okay. What if you take six pills seven times a day? You're not going to get what? The results. They've done the test. Supposedly the tests work, and supposedly this is how you're supposed to follow directions. Same with the Word of God. It's been tested. It's been proved. And so when God gives you a prescription out of His Word, you do what it says, and you will get the results from the prescription. Easy enough? So here's your prescriptions today. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Put that on your bottle and read it. <laughs> All right, do not be anxious. I should have got some little medicine bottles, put labels on them. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request of God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. What is he concerned with? Your heart and your mind. This is where he dwells. This is where the enemy wants to dwell. Come on, amen. I'll take care of the heart, but you've got to keep the enemy out of here. Because if he gets between those ears, whoo. Mm. John 14 and 27, Jesus said, peace, I leave with you my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. What does fear do? You know what it does. Because once fear has come into the camp, then you walk away from the, the power. You stumble. That's right. Here's the last prescription, the last pill. It's not in the gospel, but it's in First Peter 5 and 7. <laughs> Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Hallelujah. Let's stand. What a simple, easy sermon. Last week, Brian said, I really feel like you need to put this in your sermon. Something about the last words. Man, I don't know. I don't know how... But it all worked out because it's all about the last words of Jesus. It is finished. I have taken care of it all. Now, walk out of here today. Walk in step with the Holy Spirit. Put my yoke upon your shoulders and walk with me. Don't fight against me. Follow my will even through the valley of shadow of death and I will be with you. I'll be your rod and your staff. I will protect you and comfort you. I will lead you beside still waters and greener pastures. But I got to trust him. I got to trust him through the storm. I got to trust him through good times. I got to trust him through bad times. I got to trust him through health. I got to trust him through sickness. Come on, amen. Because it's easy to trust God when you're feeling good. I can bench press 900 pounds now. But then you find yourself... 
injected with chemotherapy. Come on, amen. You don't feel like you can hardly get your feet out of the bed. But even then, you got to still trust him. Because the battle is whose? The Lord's. Man, I could have I could have got ugly with that Facebook thing, but I didn't. I said, I need prayer, and please pray for this individual. But I did say this blind, hypocritical Pharisee. But I just called it what it was. Come on, amen. Jesus said, you brood of vipers, you snakes. Come on, amen. Well, sometimes you just call it what it is. But that's far as I went. But I turned it over to God, and he said, son, son, I got this. I got this. And so all of a sudden we say, you know what? He's got this. Why am I worried about it? I just get up under that yoke with Jesus and just, just walk with him and feel that love, that peace, and, and the security. That's what I love the most about Jesus is my security with God. That I know that if I lay my head down on that pillow at night, it's the last time I ever wake up. I'll wake up on the other side of eternity with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I have security. I have been bought and paid for by the blood of the Lamb, and no one can take that from me. Praise, everybody say praise God. Praise God. I thank God, and when I look at the cross, it almost looks like a yoke, don't it? I wonder how heavy it was on that cross. Bless you, brother. How heavy was it to take the sins of the world? My little sins, they're heavy. Your little sins are heavy. But Okay, I take Christian sins, my sins, Sammy and Missy's sins just upon me, just us four. It would be so unbearable. Oh, but, but wait a minute. Let me, take, let me take Amber. Let me take Donna Brockwell. Let me take... Come on, I take all your sins in this room. I take all the sins of the entire world from the beginning to the very end. How long will that be? Who knows? And you take all those sins and place it on one man on the cross. Can you imagine the heaviness of the world? How could he even breathe one breath? But he said, it is finished. Not my will, but your will be done. Father, we praise you and we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, if there's anyone who needs prayer, if anyone needs to be saved today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Whatever you need, just ask God. I can pray for you. Hallelujah. Mr. Phil, come up here. Missy said we should pray for you, and we will. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get Mr. Sammy. I'm gonna get Mr. Brian to stand right behind him. Don't touch him. I'm glad you said that, Missy. That was very discerning of you. I want you all to lift your right hand, the hand of covenant. 
raise that hand toward God. We're going to reach into the mercy seat of Christ. We're going to believe God for the supernatural today. Father, you've already taken this tumor from a nine down to a six. But you told me you got this. And I believe he's telling Phil the same day, today I got this, son. So, Father, just go ahead and take that six on down to a three, down to a two, a one, a zero, to complete health in the name of Jesus. Father, I bless him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Bless him from the top of his head down to the bottom of his feet. Hallelujah. Father, your word says you were wounded for our transgressions. You were bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon you. And by your stripes we are healed. We claim victory over the works of the enemy. Satan, the Lord, rebuke you. Take your hands off of God's property. This belongs to the most high God. This is his treasure, his jar of clay, and it belongs to him, filled with the glory of Christ. God, anoint Phil level right now in the name of Jesus. Father, you are not finished with this man, but you are just beginning a new thing, a new season in his life. Lord, walk him through this valley, even now, yoke up with him. Bless him in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. You said you'll never leave us nor forsake us now. We're not leaning to our own understanding, but up unto you, God. You are the way maker. Glory be to Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, I love you so deeply. I know my brother Phil loves you so deeply. We love you. We're all in agreement today, Lord. We're going to see a mighty thing, and we're going to give you glory for everything you do in this man's life. Bless him. Bless Rhonda even now with the peace that passes all understanding. Let the fire of God burn this cancer out of every cell in the name of Christ. There's a name that's above every name, the name of Jesus. The greatest name of all over the name of cancer You have no power. You have no authority. You have been called on the carpet, devil. You are dismissed in the name of Christ, Yeshua, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we praise you now. And God's people said amen and amen. You guys have a blessed week. Y'all continue to pray for Phil. Continue to pray for this church. May the blessings fall upon you as you leave here and walk in that peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, God bless you.